Coming to you live from the Elliott Avenue studios. One is the former captain of the women's Husky basketball team. Okay, let me tell you something. That might be the worst call I've ever seen. The other is the sports columnist for the Seattle Times. This is Elise and Jerry. Powered by Brooks Running Company. Run happy with Brooks. Visit them online at brooksrunning.com. Now with Jerry Brewer, here's Elise Woodward. Welcome in, everybody. Getting ready for March Madness, Jerry. It starts on Thursday. You're already, you're done. You can just sit back and relax. I'm still stressing out. I am more stressed about this bracket, and I'm more confused than I've ever been in my life about an NCAA tournament bracket. I don't like anybody. I don't like anybody in this year's field. I don't like anybody to win it. I don't like anybody to get to the Final Four. It's almost like by default, which team? Well, I am more confused than ever. But you love Louisville, huh? Maybe by the end of things when I... I really... I I go through a lot of notes and a lot of brackets and I I dig in. That's what is on task for me for the three, four days leading up to Thursday morning at 6 a.m. I've filled it out. Six, seven, eight a.m. before finished the touches on Thursday morning. Yeah, and I just don't try to overthink it. I mean, there's a couple teams that I just really enjoy watching. Obviously, I'm betting with my heart a bit uh, with Louisville, but they've won 12 out of 13 games. They have five, six players back who won the national championship a year ago. Uh, they've been uh, back-to-back Final Four, so I'm gonna have them go to a, a third straight Final Four and. I've always liked that Michigan State team when healthy. Uh, I've liked the Florida team. Uh, you're talking about a team that's been the three straight Elite Eights and come up short. They're on a mission to get to the Final Four. And uh, Arizona, to me, Arizona just passes the eye test. Uh, they would be, they would probably be my national championship favorite if Brandon Ashley hadn't gotten injured. Yeah, that's how much I like that team. And they have four losses. Their four losses were uh, Pac-12 games, you know, including the Pac-12 championship. The best thing that might have happened to them was losing to UCLA in the Pac-12 championship, having their flaws exposed one last time so they could refocus. And I just think their road in the West, uh, I mean, there's some teams that irritate the heck out of you, um, but I think their road – uh, really lines up well for them. They don't have to face a Michigan or a Michigan State or a Kansas or any of those teams, those ultra-athletic, uh, uh, just offensively dynamic teams. I think uh, the West is going to be kind of ugly, but I like Arizona. Man, I tell you, I, you look at the East bracket versus the Midwest bracket, and I would say every seed in the Midwest, one, two, three, four – is better than one, two, three. Well, I guess you go down to the fourth seed. And, well, I think Louisville's better than Michigan State. So every seed, every seed, you go Virginia versus Wichita State. I think Wichita State is better. You go the two seed Michigan on the Midwest versus the two seed uh, on the other side of Villanova. Michigan, to me, is a better team. You look at the three seed, and you got Duke as the three seed versus Iowa State as the three seed. I think with Jabari Parker, you talk about NBA next-level talent. In a head-to-head matchup, I think Duke would be favored. And then you go the four seed, which are the two best four seeds in this tournament, and two that most people have going to the Final Four, Louisville and Michigan State. 
Those are your two four seeds. Isn't it amazing? You, you look even at this go bracket? down. You even go down to the fives. I mean, the, the Midwest is just loaded. It's right. I would think St. Louis, but I think St. Louis may struggle a little bit. They have really faltered down the stretch. I don't they know have. if they've lost things. If they can regain their form from early in the season, but Cincinnati, I, I've I, the, my initial reaction, Jerry, when I looked at the five versus the twelve, Cincinnati versus Harvard in the East, I thought. Harvard last year getting the upset in the NCAA tournament. I think Harvard could be one of those 12-5 seeds, the 12s that we've seen, what, 23 out of the last 25 years of a 12 seed has beaten a 5 seed in the NCAA tournament. You circle those, you got to pick one of them in your bracket. Uh, you know, that one stands out to me, but a lot of people, I think you included, have North Dakota State beating Oklahoma up in the West. Yep. Um, but I, I think if you're looking at the different brackets – by the time the Final Four representative comes out of the Midwest, they are going to have proven something. Because like I said yesterday, those four teams, if you would have told me before this whole thing started and they were in different regions and, and Wichita State, Louisville, Duke, and Michigan emerged to play in the Final Four, I would have believed it. I could have imagined that being a Final Four. Well, like I said before, it's so good it should be a double elimination tournament on that side. Yeah. And it just any, I mean, all of these matchups and even uh, some of the, the road within the road. I mean, if they're the final four teams left uh, in the Midwest, um, they even have difficult routes getting to that point, uh, all of these teams. So it's it's going to be tough. Uh, and that's, that's why I think whoever comes out of the Midwest is going to win the whole thing. I really do believe that. Whoever comes out of that is going to win the whole thing. Because they're going to be playing at just an extraordinary level to get through there. Yeah, I would agree that they're going to have to be sharpened. Uh, so sharp, and then eventually, you know, you put that pencil in the sharpener. By the end of it, man, to be able to emerge, they will have been tested. What's this They'll pencil sharpener that you speak of? Uh, maybe I've been doing too much homework with the kids. Do, do, I still use a pencil. You know Am what? I we, the only we, one? We've got one in our house, actually. The electric At least go one? mechanical. We've got the old school mechanical one in our home. No, no I got go the mechanical sh- pencil at least. You know what the, the no, those things. I cannot stand a mechanical pencil. Why? That thing breaks off all the time. You're constantly then the lead breaks. I liked it when I was pencil? a kid. Nah, just stick it in the sharpener. You're good to go. Regular pencil always broke on me, and you gotta go grind the thing out. You know, if it's if it's just I love the old school pencil sharpener. I do. Nothing is the smell of the old school sharpener that you gotta turn yourself and the. But I don't even think they can you even put those in your house. Even make those to buy really anymore. It's a mess in my house, man. It's we have a we have a little nook in our house. Was it? Did it come with the house? Uh, yeah. And the house was built in what year? Uh, 1949. There you go. <laughs> I don't think they make those. I don't think you can go to Target or Staples and go get the twisty one they used to have in elementary. I prefer a feather, a quill, with sure. mink. Yeah, know? that's exactly right. <laughs> well, here's what's coming up. We've got some some interesting – we will get into the report from Chris Daniels on King 5. Uh, we'll chat about that today, about the state of the arena, when we could have news. There's been all these rumors and rumblings about the NHL possibly coming to Seattle before the NBA. Uh, we've got some news on that that we'll jump into uh, in the buzz. Uh, more reports coming that the NFL could likely expand by two teams next uh, the following year in the playoffs in time for the 2015 season. We will get into that and much more. It is time, as always, to get into the buzz. Time. For the buzz. 
Stop one on the buzz, Jerry. Chris Daniels on King 5. This is one of those that this is a political, it's much more political talk than what we normally do on the sports station. But the environmental impact study, Chris Daniels reporting, is going to be completed. But we just do not have an exact time frame of when it is going to happen. And Chris Daniels reported There are multiple factors which still may hold up any proposal, and one of them has stalled or slowed considerably down, and that is the EIS. It's the last major hurdle for the proposed arena project, and they don't know right now when it is due to be completed. It was issued back in August, but there was talk about it being completed soon. Uh, Ian and Puck had... Uh, the King County Councilman Reagan Dunn on, and he thought it was going to be done sometime within the next month. But now city leaders are saying, no, it's not really. Uh, Brian Stevens saying the final EIS likely won't be available any earlier than the end of summer. You read this and you get worried about the political dealings behind closed doors, Jerry, of how important it really is to bring the NHL or the NBA to Seattle. What did you think of when you read that report in terms of the likelihood of us getting a team, NHL or NBA, anytime soon? I don't know. It's You knew the process was going to slow down when you didn't have a pressure point. You know, There's no team to acquire or, or anything like that right now, so that, that was inevitably going to slow down the process. You have a different mayor. Um, you... It, it's such a high-profile thing, and people were, I mean, you know, there were lawsuits filed about about trying to do this pre- prematurely, trying to rush it through. So um, I figured that this would likely be something that was held up because they were originally talking about this thing, I mean, being done, like, last Correct. La- last fall, you it know. It seems so. like when the Sacramento bid failed, then all the pressure points were off, and it's just slowed down to a crawl or a stop. Yeah, I just feel that that was inevitable, and it needs a new pressure point. Is and the NHL is, that pressure point? Well, this is all kind of building towards that. That's what really what it is. Well, it's just building towards that. Yeah, Chris Hansen, uh, the sources close to the Hansen group, according to Chris Daniels, um, have said in the past few weeks they can easily provide the answers and speed up that timeline so it won't be the end of summer before uh, this is done before they get the environmental impact study that's too far the nhl wants answers and you think they want answers fairly soon and if it's a slowed down eis that would preclude seattle from getting an nhl team that would be really really sad well we we need an ownership group to come into the forefront and and all of that i mean all that stuff is being done way back behind the scenes i mean you you need just like chris hansen had to kind of come out of the shadows uh, whoever really wants to be the owner of this NHL team here in Seattle has to do the same thing. And if there is a deal that is being negotiated with the NHL, that has to get out clearly into the news uh, because they got to go back in and they got to change an MOU. And it shouldn't be incredibly difficult to change the MOU, but it's a process. And so, you know, the one thing about, you know, if. If Seattle is allowed to have its process, it will have its process. Uh, That's the way politics work in this city, uh, especially when you're trying to get a multi-million dollar arena built.
Next stop on the buzz, continued momentum and talk about the NFL expanding by two teams in the playoffs for the 2015 season. So next year, status quo, the following year, two more teams added. Peter King speaking about this, reporting this at uh, Monday morning quarterback on SI.com. 14 teams instead of 12, one added wild card game in each conference. Jerry, that would mean only one team would get that bye in the NFL playoffs. I, I I don't have a problem with this at all. I'm I'm fine with going from 12 to 14, but to me that's the very very max. Do you think this would be a good thing for the NFL or do you think and playing a game on Monday night, which is what this was uh part of it too, the league could decide to hold at least one of those new wild card games on a Monday night good thing uh not exactly uh, I think anytime you expand playoffs it waters down the regular season uh, which is never a good thing uh, but I just feel that this was inevitable there's a lot of television money to be made by adding an extra playoff game uh, there is a lot of reason to believe that uh, on the NFL side that their regular season will be that much more interesting if Darn near every team in the league is eligible is is fighting for a playoff spot. Which you add one more, I mean, you're talking if you're eight and eight, if you're two games under five hundred, all of that, you're going to probably be in the running in December for a playoff spot. So I think the NFL likes that. I think it's going to go to to fourteen, and then I think it's going to go to sixteen one day where half the league makes it just like I don't like that you at know, all. You know, I mean, you could not like it or, or not, but the fact of the matter is if there's, if, more if money, there's money to be made, they're going to make their money. And they'll do it. They just will. I, I mean, think it, that there should be I think the league will suffer if there's not a reward for the number 1 seed. Because then all of a sudden when you only play 16 games and you secure yourself a playoff bid, what's the difference between being the number 1 seed or not. Well, home you know, field no, no, advantage home field advantage buy, is a huge thing. But the buy is even bigger. I, you know, I, I'm not a fan, me as, you know, as, as just a general sport, I'm not a fan of buys in tournaments. I'm just not. I'd rather see everybody have to win the same number of games to, to win the championship. Um, uh, so, I mean, the only reason, reason that they do it is because they're trying to get, you know, uh, numbers that aren't perfect perfect numbers uh into the playoffs so uh if there if there's ever one day where where there was eight teams that wouldn't bother me the fact that the number one seed didn't get a bye next stop on the buzz the seahawks re-signed steven hauschka three-year contract worth 9.15 million dollars including 3.35 million guaranteed doesn't sound like a lot of money in terms of nfl contracts until you consider that Stephen Hauschka now makes more than Russell Wilson and Richard Sherman combined, <laughs> which is just hilarious when you think about it. I thought it was really important that they signed Stephen Hauschka. He was nails last year, Jerry. He had 33 of 35 field goals last year. He was much better from 50 yards plus. He'd improved his range. But he is a kicker, and when you're considering those salary cap um challenges that they have moving forward and retaining their own guys is this money well spent is a kicker worth more than a position player that you might bring back depth on the defensive line another offensive lineman that's pretty big numbers at three years and over nine million I think it's money well spent it's just the going rate I mean if you uh 
if you franchise him, that's basically what he would get, right, for one season. And you needed to work out a deal. I mean, you're, this is a defensive-minded team. He kicked 35, attempted 35 field goals a year ago. Um, so that tells you how the value that he has. It's not like they're a team that puts it in the end zone and your field goal kicker only had 20, 25 uh, field goals that he kicked for the year. So, uh, yeah, I think there's a value in having him at $3 million. Um, you're not going to find – you can find someone cheaper, but you're not going to find someone who's in a groove like Steven Hauschka. And it matters for your football team. Uh, the fact of the matter is it's a $133 million salary cap. You still got $130 million to use, um, even more than that, because his cap number will be smaller than $3 million. So uh, I think it's money well spent. Um, you can under, Now you see why they needed to do that Zach Miller deal, though. I mean, that, that, that opened up an avenue to go ahead and get Hauschka done. His value to me um, is going to be even greater this year because uh, I think they're coming – they're going to be still a dominant team, but I think they're going to play closer games, more more close games in the regular season than they did last year. And that was so key with him last year being as effective as he was with the you know field goal money, you could count on it. Next stop on the buzz, Jerry. This will be interesting in how the NFL handles it. Colts owner Jim Irsay faces four felony counts of possession of a controlled substance. He was arrested late on Sunday on suspicion of intoxicated driving. Uh, we know that he's had issues with substance abuse in the past. Multiple prescription drugs were found inside his car. He sent out a message on Twitter, deepest thanks to family, friends, colleagues, uh, for the messages of support, thoughts, and prayers impossible to tell you how much this means. For Jim Ursay, he is not only a representative of the Colts. He's representative of the NFL. He is the one in charge setting the tone for that entire organization. How do you punish a guy that's worth more than a billion dollars? That's his net worth, correct? Yeah. One point something billion. How do you significantly punish? You can't take away game time. You you find him, right? Do you find him more than you'd find a player because he's worth 20 times as much as a player. How? What is the proper response? Because punishments don't work unless somebody feels pain, right? Yeah, it's an interesting deal because it's it's even it's even different from last year when a, when a when a couple front office guys uh, and and they wound up finding them and and doing that sort of you thing. You can it's take away di- scouting responsibilities. It's, and it's things different like when that, it's the owner. It's th- what do you take away owner. from him other than money? Um, you know, ultimately, I don't think there's a whole lot you're going to do other than find him. And that fine is just going to be to satisfy the players' union. I mean, ultimately, that's all it's going to be. But, uh, I mean, he's the boss. He's the guy who writes all of the checks. He's uh, he's not the guy who's going to be out scouting and all of that stuff. So you can't you can't penalize the organization. I mean, I think he goes and he has a – You've seen What he needs more than anything – What he needs more than anything is to go have a deep conversation with someone because clearly there's some – some some demons going on there. I mean, you're talking about a guy who has uh, past drug use problems, all of that. He needs to get some serious help, whether it's Roger Goodell telling him to do that or uh, a close confidant because, uh, you know, he, he just reading uh, about him and reading some of the things that have been written in the Indianapolis Star, uh, it's, it's very troubling. It's very, very troubling. Well, you know what? Every single player is subjected to drug testing. 
We'll talk about that. Love to hear your thoughts at 49451. Proper punishment for Jim Ursay, the owner of the Colts, when you get into this kind of trouble, four felony counts. Uh, it, that's It's unprecedented for an owner to be in that kind of trouble. Uh, and how do you properly go about punishing uh, this substance abuse uh, from Jim Ursay. We will talk about that. The NC2A tournament is going to start right here on Thursday morning. We're going to have you covered all the games right here on Sports Radio KJR. This is the place to be, and we'll get you ready for that as well. It's Elise and Jerry coming right back to our Checking the Cars. Uh, and it's a busy, busy day, and condolences going out to those that. Uh, uh, just an awful crash, helicopter crash right down by Seattle Center, just uh, a few blocks from here. Uh, the very latest from Danielle on uh, how to get around this morning.